Great. Somebody wave at me if you can hear me, if I'm coming through. Can you all, what about at the back? Anyone on the back row can hear me? That's great. It's, um, I shall speak up a little bit. Thank you very much. How about that? <laughs> I can't do anything about my height, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's always been the way. Um, I can see it's going to be one of them. I am um, almost, almost in the place of looking forward to giving to the um, opportunity to build something up here to reach the marginalised, the broken. Uh, when we left from the northeast, we left a church that was doing a building project because God had put stuff in their hearts to reach the marginalised, the broken, and further. So we left giving. And we've arrived giving. And what I find is, I'm married to someone that goes, great, can we give? And I think, yeah, okay, this much. No, can we give more? And I find what happens is, inside, before I give, a little bit of me just dies a little bit. I think, oh, man, you know, give it. And what happens, as I give and buy into it, something changes in me. And I think, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in with what God's doing. I'm in with what the church is doing. And I get so excited. And normally, I wish I'd been more excited earlier and I'd given more. Just being honest with you, I'm not always there yet. But I've honestly, looking back, never regretted giving. I've never regretted uh, giving into the things the people of God are called to do and seeing the blessing of it afterwards. So, yeah, there we go. So, welcome to uh, Father's Day, the Father's Day message. It falls to me, so it's a bit of a tag team because my wife did the Mother's Day message and I'm doing the Father's Day message. So, we've obviously reached that stage of life. We've been trying to deny it for that long that we are now there. Um, I'm not going to do the normal. I'm not going to have a Bible passage and work through a Bible passage. That's the normal way we would do things here. Uh, called expository preaching, if you like. I'm going to make it up as we go along. No, 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 that's not true. That's not the alternative. That's not the alternative. What I want to do is I want to celebrate the role of dads in society and the family. But then I want to recognise that with that great role comes some responsibility. And I want to recognise that it's not, yeah, where's that come from? Yeah, Spider-Man, exactly. With great power comes great responsibility. But also, I want to acknowledge that not everyone has actually had an experience of a dad, or it hasn't always been a positive one. I just, we just want to acknowledge that. And so therefore today, although it's a celebration, can be a difficult day for some people. And then, I want to try and paint a picture of the true Father, our Heavenly Father, the one who's perfect in every way, the one in whom there's no shadow of turning. So that's hopefully where we're going. And I'm excited about it, but before uh, we get into it, I'd like to pray, and I'd really appreciate you praying for me as I'm praying for you. We thank you that you are our Father God. And we are very aware this morning that that word father carries a lot of different connotations or for people, a lot of different experiences. 
And so, Holy Spirit, we are reliant on you and your word to <laughs> display all you are, all you are, all you want to be for us, and all you've called us to be as fathers. So I ask for your help this morning in our hearts and our minds. Help us where there might be barriers. Help us where there might be (laughs) doubt and we don't think we've done a good job. Lift our heads this morning, I pray. Amen. Great. So what qualifies me to talk about being a dad? Well, I'm married with three teenage children, which is wonderful and very illuminating Boy, I thought I was a great dad when they didn't answer back. They couldn't crawl away. That was fantastic. Um, they are, I've got three wonderful kids, but it has been an experience. Um, not only that, I've got a wonderful dad and a father-in-law who are opposite ends of the spectrum in, in senses of personality, but I love them both very much. Love you, Dad. Um, they are completely different, and yet I've, they're both generous, they're both loving, and they're both kind. And when they turn up, you think, great, someone with some knowledge to fix something, to do something. Um, So I've been blessed in my life. But also, um, through a lot of our time up north, I had the privilege of being a dad to people that didn't have dads. Uh, A lot of people who had to flee, some of them who lost parents, maybe never knew their parents. I had the privilege of uh, being called dad and the privilege of being called granddad sometimes. I mean, I was like, come on! Um, and so, I know what it is not, not just to be a biological dad and have a biological dad, but I know it, what it is to have to step into that role, sometimes for a season, and be a dad. And finally, I've been blessed by so many of you sitting here that have been a dad to me and uh, my boys and family when we moved 300 miles and left 10 years of relationships and stuff. So I feel like that qualifies me a little bit to talk about being a dad. So what have I learned? So this is the first thing I've learned, okay? There is a scale. It's called the dad scale, and you're on it. You are on it. Maybe you judge yourself and put yourself on it. Your kids certainly do. Sometimes I go to bed, and I might as well wear my pants on the outside. I am like... um, moneysupermarket.com I'm the dad they think I'm epic and then I wake up in the, sm- in the morning and I'm average at best to them and I think all I've done is slept how did that happen so I have no idea how the rules work on this dad scale how you make your way up or down but there is a scale it's called the dad scale and it goes from wonderful to woeful <laughs> from epic to tragic. And my kids inform me that I'm a bit deluded because when I dance and think I'm being epic, they inform me, you are tragic and somewhat camp, which really bursts your bubble. My wonderful sense of humour, which I thought was unparalleled, apparently, so I'm informed, is at best average and actually quite woeful. One thing, though, the solid ground I can stand on is when the sea is raging and it's stormy and the red flag's up for good swimming. (laughs) And I take my kids out. 
they grab onto me. I do, I take my kids swimming, not when it's too stormy, but just when it's a little bit dangerous. They grab my hand, they stay near me, and suddenly I'm like, who's the daddy now? <laughs> that's, what, that's not why we go storm swimming. But what's the point of this? What I'm saying is, we are a mixture, dads. And I suppose, if you like, the first point is this. Before we get on to the responsibility, and we're going to nail a few issues, take it easy. Relax a bit. You're not perfect. Your dad wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. Maybe the kids that think you should be, if God willing, they grow up and, and become dads, they won't be perfect either. Unfortunately, you'll have to wait till then for them to go, oh... But in all seriousness, there is a dad's scale, there is a scale, and it does go from good to not good. And so let me ask you some questions. Dads, and this, this is generic actually, these, these things are in all of us. Your communication with your kids, your family, what's it like? Is it good? Or is it not so good? I said, Dad, talk to me. Your words, similar. Are you communicative or are you monosyllabic? I've got are you just, you just grunt back? Your, your very self, are you present or are you absent? And I don't, you could be in the room. Are you present or are you absent? What do you like with your stuff? Are you generous or are you stingy? What about with your time? What about with your time? Do you always put things off? Are you constantly distracted? Or can your children come? Okay, he'll have time for me. What about discipline? There's two down the, the, the not-so-good end, and there's one at the top here. Are you clear and consistent and firm but gentle in your discipline? Or are you harsh? Or worse, just slack. They run riot. They won't thank you for it when they're older, and they have to deal with the stuff themselves. Affectionate. Affectionate is another one. And I'm aware for some of us, but I was never shown any affection. I'm, I get this. I was never talked to. I get this. We're going to come on to that. Affectionate. Do you hug your kids? Do you in physically... <laughs> well, yeah, Nick's put his arm around just in case. <laughs> Are you affectionate with them? Can they come and sit on your lap? Can you... It, my son can... It's so embarrassing. He can come and pick me up, throw me around, but I still put my arm around him because I'm his dad. What's the point in going through that? Is it to beat you up, make you feel rubbish? No, it's just to give the Holy Spirit a chance to go, that one, that one, that one needs to just move up the scale a little bit. Okay, so the point of this is, we're all a work in progress. We don't need to beat ourselves up. We certainly don't need to be looking at others, although we can learn from them. But we want to grow and get better as dads, don't we? And it may be, as we've discussed that and brought that out to the light, there may be one issue where you think, I'm really good at that. There may be another one where you think, 
I've got to deal with that. I know that's not up to scratch. Well, that's okay. You can join me. I've got loads I'm working on. Honestly, I've got loads. As my kids get older, I find out I've got more issues I need to work on. It's wonderful. Um, I'm aware, just want to throw this in, that some of you, your mum and dad, some of you are grandparents stepping into the dad role. Those things are just the same. It's just particularly if you're a single parent, you've got half the energy and half the time, and we just want to honour you and say, well done, keep going. That's what dads do, you know? Yeah. Dads aren't perfect. They just step into the gap and they say, this is all I've got. You can have what I've got. Okay, that's what they do. They fill the gap. They take responsibility. So well done. So that's the first point. There is a dad scale. And probably your dancing and jokes are down there with mine. But I'm sure there'll be excellent things you've got up there. My second point is this. The grand design. Because I'm sure most of us now feel convicted about some area. How do you move up the scale? How do you get up that scale? You don't do it by thinking, I've got to try harder, I must do better, I'm so rubbish at this, I can't do that. That's not, you don't do it by focusing on the problem. That's like a light bulb moment, isn't it? You move up the scale by knowing who you are and what you're designed for. You move up the scale by knowing who you are and what you're designed for. Progress in the Christian life is always this way. Let me say that again. Progress in the Christian life always comes this way. It's not first and foremost by trying hard and throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it. It's by having your mind renewed and knowing who you are and you're called to be. And then out of that, it's like I, I sail really badly. I've been taken a few times. I'm not very good at it. But I tell you something, you can run around a boat, pull everything as hard as you like. If the wind doesn't come, you'll just be exhausted. And those that know, they sit there doing bits and pieces, waiting. Waiting. Just waiting. And then you see those dark patches on the water, which some people think are clouds. Actually, it's often wind blowing across the water. And the first time I went sailing, the guy said to me, five, four... Three, two, one. And we hit this dark patch of water. The wind came and suddenly it was like, grab that, pull that, hold that, lean over there. And I was, whoa, here we go. So there is an energy we put into being dads. There is an energy we can all put into listening. And, but we do it with all God's energy that so powerfully works in us. So you've got to know something. What have you got to know? Well, Genesis chapter 1, some of you are going, at last, the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, it says, God made man and woman in his image. He made man and woman in, in his image. It says the earth was formless and empty. It needed forming, dealing with structure, and it needed filling. And he made men and women to do it. Dads, hands up if you're a dad. And I mean biologically, or you step in, don't be nervous, but be confident. That includes you. That includes you. He designed us to be a blessing because the men and women were supposed to multiply, which meant they had to become dads and mums. Dads were created to be a blessing. What Genesis 1 tells me is if a dad rocks up, 
Things should be better and people should be blessed. Well, how? What do I have to do? You just have to rock up. You just have to be there. In my life, there's a different father out there. He's called the father of lies. And this is what he's told me at different times. When it's been difficult in my marriage, when I feel I've messed up, he says, you're no good, you're a loser, it would be better without you. And so, so many men leave. It's not always they're not loving. It's not always they're selfish. It's the father of lies gets in and says, it would be better without you. Now, the reality is, there's some damage that goes on in the world from men. And we're seeing a lot of that through the Me Too movement and stuff. I'm not advocating people stay in horrendous relationships. I'm not talking about that at the moment. I'm talking about... In your head. You know every thought doesn't come from you, don't you? We have a father of lies. The evil one, in a sense, can't touch you, but he can whisper in your ear, you'll never be good enough. Just being around you causes all sorts of trouble. Leave. Because he hates the family. He hates marriage. He hates men and women working together because we reflect God. So he's after you. He wants to lie to you. The Bible says you are a blessing. When you turn up, things are better and people are blessed. You don't even have to do anything. It just comes with the maker's instructions. We we used to oversee the children's work here when we were here before. And we used to, often a lot of women would would volunteer. They'd say, I've got kids that age. And I'd say to the dads, would you come as well? They said, yeah, but... I, I don't have a, the patience of my wife. I'm not gifted at it. I'm not, I said, I don't want you to do anything. Like, what? I just want you to be in the room. I just want you to be in the room. Why? Because when you're there, things are better and people are blessed. And guess what? They were right. They weren't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of them weren't at the actual kids' stuff. But what they would do is they'd sit down and then one kid would see there's a dad over there and he's not too busy and he's not being loud, and just squirrel alongside and just chat, and they'd slowly form a relationship. It's who you are which is the blessing. We need you. We need you. And if you haven't noticed, your family needs you and society needs you. So we've had the first bit, which is basically man up. If you've got an area which is really not okay, man up. Talk to someone. We've all got to do it. But now this is the good news. You do that by knowing who you are. You don't leave. You don't abandon because of the father of lives. You are a blessing. So that's what you're designed for, to know. You're designed to move up that scale. You were designed to be good. That comes with a responsibility. And The Bible talks about, I'm going back to my point really, my Bible talks about um, knowing, know who you are. And that's the same sort of idea as a marriage, where I knew my wife in one way before we were married. We were friends, we we connected on a level. When we were married, there was a greater intimacy. I got to really know her in a way where she affected me on a deep way, and I affected her. And we started to change, and we were fruitful and had children. You can't just listen to me tell you that you're a blessing this morning. You've got to know it in the same way as a marriage. You've got to be so connected with the truth that you are a blessing that it 
it's so in you that it causes fruit, causes life to come from it. It's more than reading the Bible. It's got to live and dwell in you so that there's an interaction that goes on between who you are and the truth, which causes fruit to come, causes life to come. So let me ask you this. Is there room in your head for the truth? Or are you too consumed with the faults and failures of the past? This is where the responsibility kicks in. You are a blessing. Where does the responsibility come in? There's got to be room for the truth to encounter you and engage you in such a way to live with you that it produces life. It can't do that if we're too engaged in our past failures, past hurts, last time we lost our temper, when we blew it, etc., etc., I don't mean that to sound harsh, but it's true. Sometimes you think, why doesn't the Bible work for me? You have to connect with it, cause space, faith to grow, so that something living comes from it, more than reading it, more than memorising it. God gives grace to the humble and opposes the proud. I had a light bulb moment once when someone said to me, humility is not thinking less of yourself. If you don't think you're a good dad, that's not humility. Humility is thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. But I'm not good and I can't and I can't and I, 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 I. Where's the room for the word of God? He made me. He designed me. He called me. He chose me. He fills me. Now... What am I going to do with this bit of my personality that's right down here? He's made me all of this. How am I going to deal with this one little issue over here? It puts it in perspective. So, you are designed to be fruitful. When you're around, things are better and people are blessed. But we all have some issues we're working on. The answer is not to focus on them, it's to focus on the design of who you are. You may need to do some life skill stuff. You can learn to listen better. You can do all of that. But that's not the biblical way to life change. It's knowing who you are. Now, we're going to finish in a minute by point three. I want to introduce you to someone this morning. He's called God the Father. He's the only father who's not on the scale. You know that scale? We're all on it. We're all a mixture. He's not a mixture. He's not on the scale. There's no scale for him. There's no flaw in him. He's perfect in every way from start to finish. Let me read you some things. I just jotted down some notes about God the Father. Let me read you a quote first. We should see God as the actual father, the literal father. Earthly fathers sometimes have some similarities to him, but the essence of fatherhood is found in God, not in human beings. We don't look at our dads or our performance and then push that onto God, we start with him and who he is, and then that affects and changes us. It's God down, not us up. And that may help some of you who didn't have a dad or have had a bad experience. All of us actually have to come and look at him first and work down. Here we go. Let's read something about our Heavenly Father. Is he generous? Yes, you can answer, yes. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. 
He blesses us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And having given us his one and only son, who he loves, we can be confident that he will give us, graciously give us all we need. How does he give generously, in good measure, pressed down and running over? Is he kind? It's his loving kindness that drew you to him in the first place, the Bible says. Will he leave you? No. No. He has promised to never leave you or forsake you. He will keep you until the end. Now the Bible says nothing will ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, nor thing in the present, nor thing in the past. He will not abandon you. He will never leave you. Is he gentle? Yes. If you allow his gentleness into your life, like King David, you'll learn that it makes you great. And then we have Jesus, the perfect heart of the Father, who a bruised reed he wouldn't crush and a wick he wouldn't snuff out. Is he strong? Yes, he's the Almighty. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available and working in you today. Now we can work hard with all his energy that so powerfully works in us. Is he fair? No. He's better than that. He's just. He's the judge of all the earth. Is he available? Yes, He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. And through Jesus, he's given you access into his loving presence any time of the night or day, anywhere on planet Earth. Will he communicate? Yes, he's given us his word. He sent Jesus, the perfect reflection of his heart. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. Will he dominate you? No, his aim is to bring you to maturity to the fullness of Christ. Will he overindulge and spoil you? No, he promises to discipline you in his love. Will he then damage me? No, he has committed himself that in all things he will be working together for your good. Does he show emotion? Yes, he pours out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he's given us. He stirs us so we can cry, Abba, Father. Every tear you shed is so precious to him, he keeps it in a bottle. Oh, and by the way, he rejoices over you with loud singing. What on earth is that like? Is he wildly unpredictable? Never. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's no shadow of turning in him. What is he like? He's love. He's light. He's life. Is he like me and you? Not really. He's other. He's transcendent. He's above and beyond. Am I like him? Yes, you have his spirit. And you're increasingly growing to be like him day by day. Is he enough? Yes, just his grace is sufficient for you. And his mercy is new every morning. And everything we need for life and godliness has already been provided. What is he like? He cares for the broken. I love you, God. He cares for the broken. And his people from every tribe, nation and tongue. Wow, does that leave room for me? Yes. Didn't you know? You're one of his favourites. Can he help? Yes, he's almighty. Does he understand? Yes, he's omniscient, all-knowing. Will he be disappointed in me? No. He knows you completely already before he even chose you and committed himself to your good. What a God and Father we serve.
him. Let's pray, shall we? I wondered at the start if one or two people may want to come up before we move forward and just thank him for who he is. Come on, Dad, you can, if you don't mind. Do you want to come up and pray? You don't have to if you don't want to, but... John, I just want to thank you, Father God, for, for what a wonderful message we've just been brought. For the truth, Lord, that does transcend. The truth is, Lord, yeah, we do an hour on scale. And the truth is, Lord, that through you, Lord, we can move up that scale. And so I thank you, Lord, for my children, my wife, this church, the men in this church. I thank you, Lord, for the grace that we have, that we find in you. And Lord, I do pray, Lord, that you would bless and strengthen the men to be fathers, to be strong in that truth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you how you care for us, how you love us. You're just so wonderful. Lord, I thank you that you've made us fruitful. I thank you that you help us every day. Oh, Lord, to see how you work is amazing. Just thank you. Amen. Father, you are the promise keeper. You make promises to Israel, you will keep those promises. You made promises to me, you keep those promises. Living God, you promised never to leave me or forsake me. And even through the most difficult times I've had recently, oh, you never left me. You did not forsake me. You were always there. You gave me strength to vanquish fear in the situation that I was in. There was no fear. That wasn't my, my fortitude. That was astonishing, sovereign grace from the living God, my Father. And I praise you, Lord, for it. Amen.